everyone and welcome back to the It's Davies World podcast. Now as you all know this podcast is a journey of my life. It's a podcast that I will share with you all of my highs, all of my lows, everything good, everything bad and absolutely everything in between. So it's a personal podcast and I just hope that you will all enjoy it. Now, before I begin this week's episode, I wanted to just say a massive thank you to each and every one of you who have taken the time to listen to my last few podcasts, who have rated and reviewed and sent me direct messages. It really has meant so much to me and it has made doing this podcast so worthwhile. So honestly, guys, from the very bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. Now, moving on to this week's episode, I wanted to talk to you about grief. Because those of you that know me or who have followed me for a while will know that in May 2019, I lost my absolute world, my best friend, my beautiful mum. It has completely destroyed me. It has ripped my whole world apart and literally shattered it into millions and millions of pieces. It has broke my heart beyond any kind of repair. And I mean, words cannot even put into you know, I can't even put it into words how I feel. It has just changed everything that I once knew. And that is why I thought we're coming up to a year since my mum went into hospital. And I just thought it'd be relevant to start talking to you now about grief and about how I've dealt with my grief and how I'm still trying to fight it each and every day. Now, I did say a while ago that I would do a podcast which will talk about my mum's journey and everything that happened to her during her hospital stay and obviously what led to us losing her. But at the moment, it's still very, very raw and I don't think I'm at that stage yet where I can talk about that without getting upset. But what I wanted to talk to you about is grief and the different stages of grief because there are five common stages of grief that that people may not be aware of and that is what I wanted to talk to you about in this episode. Now we all know that grief is the response to loss so when we lose somebody we love whether that be a parent, a brother, a sister, a husband, a wife, a nan, a granddad, a a partner, a neighbour, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, we all go through grief. Now as I said earlier there are five stages of grief after death. But what is really important to understand and to remember is that everybody experiences grief differently. No two people would experience it the same. Everybody has their own way of dealing with it. There's no normal or right way to grieve or to process the pain. My way is not right, but my way equally isn't wrong. Everybody will experience it differently and everybody will cope with it differently and it's so important to remember that because it's taken me a very very long time to realize that especially with my family now obviously we all lost my mum so we was all grieving we was all going through the same pain but because they wasn't processing it or dealing with it the way I was I mean I knew the things I could do I knew the things I couldn't do I knew how I was feeling But if I looked at them and they was feeling different to me or they could do the things that I couldn't do or I could do things that they couldn't do, I started to resent them. And it's taken me so long to understand that they wasn't grieving any less than me. It's just their way of dealing with it. And that is that honestly is imperative to remember because 
you shouldn't ever judge somebody by how they're dealing with their grief because it is the only way that they know how and they are literally surviving every single day with that grief but doing the best that they can so as I said my way isn't right their way isn't right my way isn't wrong their way isn't wrong it is just a very personal experience and everybody will deal with it differently so as I said it really is so important to remember do not judge somebody else because they don't seem to be grieving how you are they are going through the exact same pain as you but they're just dealing with it in a very different way now there are five common stages of grief now those stages are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance Now, I've experienced and gone through experiencing each of those stages other than acceptance. I still can't accept my mum's loss. I still can't accept that she's not here no more. And I do honestly think that I'm quite far from that stage. So I don't see myself being there anytime soon. But I have experienced all of the other stages. And what is also important to understand is you don't conquer one stage and then move on to the next. You constantly dip in and out of each stage depending on how you feel um, on that particular day, that particular week. Um, you know, you may not, it doesn't mean that you start, you know, you go through denial, you conquer that and then you move on to anger. It, it doesn't work like that, but they are five common stages of grief. And as I said, you know, you can easily go between each and every one of those on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis. It doesn't end once you finish one stage. Now, denial is the first stage of grief. Now, to me, I think this is the stage that helps us survive the loss. Denial is our body's natural defense mechanism. So it's our body's way of just letting in as much as we can handle at that particular time. For me, that denial is what helped me get over those initial few days. Life as I knew it had completely changed in an instant with absolutely no warning. You know, there was no long drawn out illness. There was no warning to what was going to happen. It literally was the case of we was out shopping on Saturday, you know, and then come the Tuesday, she, my mum was being rushed into hospital, um, you know, you know, with the complications that she had. So there was no illness, there was no warning signs. It literally changed overnight. And literally, that is how it felt. Now, for me, looking back now, I would say that denial started long before I lost my mum. Denial started back in the early days when my mum was first taken into hospital and during her whole treatment in hospital. I remember I just wanted to run away and hide from the facts. I didn't want the information. I didn't want to take in what I was being told. I just wanted to escape from all of that. I remember feeling like the doctors had made a mistake, that they must be wrong, um, you know, that that they must have been talking about someone different or the doctor that we were speaking to, he wasn't a qualified doctor or he wasn't you know a high consultant you know he was someone who was looking at the wrong information or looking at somebody else's paperwork um you know that I remember thinking that each time a doctor came past me um that he was going to say to me there'd been a mix-up I remember any doctor who walked past I would I would think okay this is going to be the one this is going to be the one that's going to say oh what we didn't realize was this or what we didn't know was that and I, re- I remember 
I refused to believe whatever I was being told and I was always expecting that a new doctor would come along with a completely different set of eyes and a completely different outlook on what was going to happen. I just thought there had been some kind of mix-up and that we was all going to find that out and, you know, everything was going to be okay. I think as time went on and no other doctor came and, you know, no other doctor told us that, you know, there had been a mix-up and the, the days wore on, I remember I started to, well, I avoided making any kind of eye contact with the doctors. I just thought to myself, if I don't look at them and they don't look at me, they won't think that I want to talk to them and they won't come over and then deliver some some more bad news that, you know, I've got to try and smooth over. Because they was always saying it in front of my mum as well. And, and obviously... I didn't want her to give up fighting. I didn't want her to lose the battle. So I would always try and smooth things over and say, oh, this is what they meant or this is how they meant it. And, you know, so I was I was leading my mum into some kind of false hope and I was leading myself into that as well. I just I, rem- I just wanted to shut everything away. I didn't want to face what was there. And I just thought if I didn't make that eye contact, they wouldn't come over and then we don't know anymore do you know what I mean like we like we we don't know anything else as far as we're concerned it's still as it was yesterday so I just started to really avoid them I was just shutting the reality out and um you know denying that that's what was happening I just my mum had been fighting for so long and I couldn't accept that that fighting was now over, that that fighting had been for nothing, that everything she gave was for nothing. I I didn't want to accept it. I couldn't accept it. I felt so numb, like literally. I I remember I I sat there once and I thought to myself, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel, I just, I, I don't feel anything. Like I felt numb from every single thing. I remember that, you know, I just, I stopped feeling my legs and I stopped feeling my hands and I stopped, I just stopped feeling. I just felt numb and like, you know, like, like as if I was, you know, I was just existing with no feeling whatsoever. I couldn't see any future, that, you know, there wasn't a future how could there be a future you know how could we go on like this and how do you go on and how do you even begin that process of going on you know it's you there was nothing there was you know there was no future to look forward to nothing made sense anymore absolutely nothing you know everything that I thought I knew I did you know it it just been ripped from me I just I didn't know how to carry on and if I'm honest I didn't want to carry on I didn't see a way of carrying on everything just felt so meaningless there was no point to anything anymore there was no value to anything and you know I mean at that time I I would have just paid for anything because there was no value to you know there didn't seem like there was a value you know I came home and my house that I loved and you know I've cherished and bought so much for and worked so hard in there was no meaning to it anymore there was no value to it it literally I could have just lit a match and burned the house down because it nothing inside it mattered anymore it was all material things and literally I just felt like I, I didn't 
everything had changed and and I, I didn't know how to carry on. I remember looking around at people as well and just feeling so overwhelmed, feeling really anxious to be around people. And, you know, it the only way I can really describe how I felt was, I mean, to be honest, those people was there through love and, you know, they was there through caring and, you know, and everything like that. But I just didn't want to be around them. I didn't want them there. You know, the only way, as I said, I can describe it is I was having some kind of out of body experience. Like I was watching the situation from outside of my body. Like, you know, I wasn't me. I was watching it and it was like, oh, I was watching some kind of TV show. That's what it felt like. Like I could hear people's voices talking to me. I could hear them talking around me. Um, But if I'm honest with you, I can't, I don't know what they were saying. Nothing that they were saying made any kind of sense to me. You know, I, and to be honest with you, even looking at them, I don't even think I, I recognised them. It was like it was like I was living in a mist. Like everything was, you know, like a fog. That's what it felt like. Like everything was so foggy and, you know, I didn't, I couldn't see anything. Like I just, I just felt like I was in this, in this little tunnel that I just that I couldn't get out of and I, you know, it, it was so horrible. I, I started to block the world out and all of the people in it. I didn't want to be around them. I didn't want them near me. You know, I withdrew myself from the world. You know, I just didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want anybody ringing me. I didn't want anybody texting me. I didn't want to sit. I just wanted to be by myself I wanted to isolate myself into a little bubble where there was nobody else there apart from me. And I wasn't really living in a reality, you know. I was I was in this I was in this little this little world that, you know, this world of grief and denial that I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know what to do. You know, I felt like I was drowning and like being swallowed by this enormous pain. You know, it, it it's so hard to explain, especially if you've not experienced any kind of grief or any kind of loss. To understand how you feel or how a person will feel, it's so difficult. The world just felt so dark. It it was as if like the lights had been turned off. Like there was no sunshine anymore. Like everything was grey and miserable, and you know that sunshine had been stolen. It was, you know, like the laughter and the happiness had just been stole, like taken from my life. You know, it had, it had been, you know, the lights had been turned off and all the happiness had gone. I was in a state of shock and I couldn't, I just couldn't believe or accept that my mum, like my absolutely amazing mum, was no longer here. Like, I honestly... I couldn't accept it and I couldn't I couldn't understand how it's happened how my mum's fight and believe me when I tell you my mum fought she fought harder than I've ever seen anybody fight in this whole entire world she fought every single day when she had no energy and she had lost all of her muscle and I mean she couldn't even hold a phone in her hand because she was so weak and let me tell you that woman she got on one of those bikes. It was a bike that you have in like like the bed. And she pedaled and she pedaled and she pedaled for 10 minutes. She pedaled for a mile. 
because she thought that that is what was going to get her better. You know, she sucked herself up on the end of the bed with the with the physiotherapists around her you know she she fought so hard and I can honestly say I've never seen anybody fight like her she was such a warrior and the most bravest person I've ever met in my whole entire life and one that I am so proud and so honored to say is my mum but to say that all of that fight that she had done was for nothing. It was so heartbreaking and so soul destroying. I'd, I was, I was in such a complete mess. I still am in a complete mess. You know that. You know that's that's with me every single day. And you know every day I wake up thinking life is so unfair. It's so cruel. You know how can someone so as amazing and as beautiful as my mum not be here anymore? Watching her fight and watching her battle in hospital was probably the most hardest and the most traumatic thing that I've ever had to watch in my whole entire life. And it it haunts me so much to this day. You know, I still dream about it. You know, I have flashbacks. I wake up in the night screaming over it. You know, it's, it's the most hardest thing I've ever had to watch in my whole entire life. And it's one that will haunt me for the rest of my life. She was my mum, my best friend, the most amazing person in my life. And there was no way I was ever going to let her battle this on her own. I promised her that I would be there with her to battle it with my hand in hers. And that is what I did right to the very end. And I hope that every day since I'm continually making her proud and doing everything that she asked of me. And I just hope that she can see that. I, I mean, I didn't want to carry on, you know, I felt like there was no reason to carry on that, you know, I'd lost, I'd lost my mum, you know, how do you carry on? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like I was, I was so numb from it. And, you know, I, I remember trying to block out those thoughts and those feelings and just thinking, right, okay, do you know what, let's not think of not seeing my mum for a week, let's not think about not seeing my mum for a month or for a year, you know, off, let's just let's just get through the day, you know, let's just find a way of getting through each day, each hour really, you know, it, that's what I needed, I needed to, I needed a way of just breathing, a way of just putting one foot in front of the other, not planning anything for the future, not planning anything for any time, you know, ahead, just putting that one foot in front of the other, I had to just find a way to get through each hour. I was just so confused. And, you know, like I said, nothing made sense anymore. There was no sense to what we was going through. And I didn't want to believe it. You know, I didn't want to believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was it was something that was just so unbelievable. I just, it, it, it didn't make sense. I remember as well, in the early days after losing my mum and in the build up to her, you know, our, our goodbyes to her, I remember trying to keep myself really busy and running around like an absolute lunatic, planning everything, making sure that she got the best send off that she ever could have. You know, I didn't stop for a single second. I didn't sit down. I, you know, 
I just kept on and on and on doing everything that she needed, doing everything that I thought she would want. Because I, if I'm honest, I was petrified. I was scared to stop. I didn't want to stop because I knew if I stopped, then I was going to let those feelings in. And I couldn't, you know, I really couldn't. They was, they felt like this enormous wave that was that was threatening to destroy me that I knew that if I let any more in than what I had it would take me out completely it would it would ruin everything and it would it 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 would stop me being able to carry on and that is why I had to keep going I had to keep busy I had to do those things that I thought my mum needed because I thought that is what's going to keep me going because I think keeping busy especially for me keeping busy was my body's way of denying the feelings it was my body's way of denying the pain that was that was there denying the shock of losing my mum and above all else denying that my mum was gone and that I was never going to see her again I think denial and shock is what helps us to cope it's denial and shock that helps wake us up in the morning and get us out of bed. It's denial and shock that helps us open our eyes. It's um denial and shock is what helps us carry out those simple tasks that we take for granted, those things like putting our shoes on or putting the kettle on or having a bath or brushing our teeth, those small simple tasks. Denial and shock is what helps us carry those tasks out. When our heart is destroyed in millions and millions of pieces and there's no way of ever getting those pieces back, it's denial that makes survival possible. For me, denying how I was feeling and denying the situation that I was in was my way of pacing my feelings, pacing the grief and the loss it's a temporary response that gets us through that first wave of pain because if we was to experience the enormity of loss the enormity of grief straight away it it would absolutely ruin us you know and we probably wouldn't be here to tell the tale because it's that denial that that's our body's way of letting in just as much as we can handle at that time it's our body's way of of saying you know i can deal with this much but i can't deal with that so that needs to come at a later date you know and it i know that if i if i accepted it right at the beginning you know I don't know where I would be now because, you know, it, it really is the most hardest thing that I've ever experienced. And I can honestly say that I think the way that that I denied everything at the beginning and kept myself busy, that is what helped me cope in those early days. So 
I've kind of gone on a bit about denial and obviously I could talk and talk forever, you know, keep going for hours and hours and hours about how I feel and, you know, and everything. But I think I've covered the, the main key points within denial and, you know, you know, denial in grief. So I hope that that's given everyone some kind of thought and, you know, it's it's kind of helped some people. I want to close this episode with with a couple of thoughts. Um, it's important to remember, as I said earlier, that everybody grieves differently, that no two people are the same. It's important to recognise that grief is very personal. And it's also as important to remember that you need to take as much time as you need to process the loss. It isn't a race. It isn't a sprint, you know, it really is. You need as much time as it takes, you know. You can't rush grief, you cannot rush how you feel. You need to just be kind on yourself and allow yourself to grieve. Now, next week, I'm going to focus on the second stage of grief, which is anger. Again, if this, if these podcasts are a bit upsetting and, you know, they may be a bit raw for some people, you know, then I completely understand that. But I wanted to just share with you my experience. And as I said earlier, this is very personal to me. Not everybody will feel the same. There may be nobody else that feels like this, you know, but I hope that it's it will be refreshing to some people who will listen to it and think, oh my God, that is how I felt or... I understand that because, you know, I experienced the same thing or, you know, or even if you know someone who is going, you know, who is grieving and, you know, you can kind of identify some of my behavior with them as well. I just because I think that it's it is refreshing to know that you're not the only person who feels like this. And there are other people out there who, you know, who are experiencing this as well. So that is that's basically this week's topic you know um and i do hope that it's helped so please if you want to get in contact with me and talk to me about anything that i've mentioned then please do so on instagram i'm on there as at it's davies world you can also email me if you want to send a few more characters than what you can do on an instagram dm my email address is itsdaviesworld at hotmail.com and I've also got a YouTube channel which is Davies World. So all that's left for me to say guys is thank you so much for listening. Please continue to rate and review and share this podcast. Subscribe if you're on Apple Music or follow if you're on Spotify and I will speak to you again in the next episode. Thank you so much. Yeah.